Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or whatever it might be for you right now. Welcome to the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast, where every single week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry, ask some questions, interview thinkers, have some real honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Brett, and this week I have the honor to be joined by Ashley. Hey. And Tyler. What's up? And Trey. Yo. So Tyler and Trey, this is your guys' first time on the episode. Yeah. Yeah. We're not brothers, even though our names sound the same. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, they do sound the same. We look alike. We'd be a great pop duo. (laughs) We would. (laughs) Tyler and Trey. I like it. Or Trey and Tyler, maybe. Trey and Tyler sounds better. (laughs) Yeah. Trey's more handsome, Tyler. You got to lead with that. You got to lead with that. So Tyler's reputation, 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 Mm -hmm. whatever that word is, precedes himself a little bit. He's been talked about on the podcast before. He's on staff with us on the XP3 team, which is the curriculum that we're a part of here at Orange. Yeah, so I'm a managing editor here for the uh, XP3 curriculum at Orange. So my job is to keep it on time and get it out the door. Uh, I'm on the middle school team, so I've been a part of middle school ministries for the past six years, and I'm on this podcast today because I've been a worship leader for the past 10 years as well. Very cool. Nice. What's your instrument of choice? Uh, Keyboard. The keyboard? Yeah. Have you ever played a guitar? Once on stage during and it, worship, and it wasn't cool. Please oh. tell me there. Please tell me there are pictures. No. Oh. Oh, man. oh. What about you, Trey? Yes. Who are you? Who I am? Who I am? Who yes. I. Well, who my are name. You? I. Who? I don't and know. How I'm, dare you? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. My name's Trey, and I am uh, joining you guys for the first time today. Thank you for having me. You finally uh, answered my text messages and <laughs> phone calls and showing up at your house late at night. Um, no, I, uh, so I have a wife and uh, two beautiful little boys, a uh, five-year-old and a five-month-old, so we're in the thick of it Ooh. right now, um, but they're incredible. So I am a student pastor at uh, Woodstock City Church, um, about 20 miles northwest of where we are right now, of Atlanta. Very cool. And, uh, and then I've also been a worship leader um, for about 15 years, so. Very cool. Yeah. So this week, we are going to be talking about this idea of setting up worship in your student ministry to win. And that's why we have these two veteran worship leaders <clears throat> in student ministries. And also <laughs> Ashley, who looks for that was, every, that was a, that was a very hearty every opportunity there. she can yeah. to, to sing something. My only musical talent is listening to music. Okay. And it really is a talent because like sometimes I find worship leaders, you know, they're very musical, but I, I don't hear each individual sound. I just hear it all as one sound. And that's mm. important. Sure. It is. Most people do. So you know when the band sounds bad, basically. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the lead vocalist for the Think Orange podcast. All right. So with worship, we've all been in the conversations. We've all led the conversations where we try to help students understand that worship is more than just music. Yeah? Worship. Worship's a lifestyle. Worship is the way that we talk to this person. Worship is the way that we treat people. But we're specifically going to be talking today about what does it look like for us to set up our worship time together in youth ministry, our large group time, where we're lifting our voices as one to sing to the Lord as a win for students. Yeah? We're on the same page? Love it. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's jump into some different questions. So what do you think is different about worshiping with students where it's focused when we're looking at our, whether we're talking about sixth through 12th grade or we're talking about middle school, we're talking about high school. How is it different than worship with adults? Kind of what I would call big church worship because I'm a PK who grew up in church. What's different? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, as I've thought through this uh, over the past 
however many years. Um, for me, uh, I've had the opportunity to lead in adult ministries as well as student ministries, including you know middle school, high school. Most of my time is spent in high school now. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed as I've talked with students and as I've um, you know just experienced this whole thing is that uh, students are very experiential. Hmm. And not to say that adults aren't, but I think that students are way more they're way more apt to want to go all in from the start. I mean, if you think about everything that students do, they hmm. want to be a part of something with their friends. You know, they have that whole FOMO. Uh, thing, you know, fear of missing out. Yeah. And so they want to experience something together with their friends. Whereas I think a lot of times the adults are more so just, you know, well, hey, let's just get through this. Hmm. You know, what do you think, Tyler? What's different? I think that's a perfect first question to ask because the truth is it's so different leading for students hmm. where yeah. I don't think a lot of worship leaders consider the fact that, that high schoolers are unique, middle schoolers hmm. are unique, and even the adults they lead are very, very unique in what they respond to and how they process information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so working with middle schoolers, middle schoolers need a completely different language than you might hmm. approach adults with. And that's one of the things that as worship leaders, we're not as cued to know and understand because we might've just been called from like, um, from the big stage and they say, Hey, yeah. we need a worship leader for middle school. So it's one of those things that you need to keep in the front of your mind. But as far as why it's different, I would say language is the most important in what sort of language you use and how you communicate hmm. to them. So what do you mean by language? What does that look like? I would say for middle school, your language needs to be concrete. Okay. Um, middle schoolers aren't going to understand sort of, um, vague comp- concepts, their, their language isn't as wide in terms of what they're going to understand. So make it really plain, really simple, and use a lot of examples. Hmm. Um, they're not as, as able to piece things together. So like high schoolers might be able to like relate to a concept without you telling them. Middle schools, you kind of have to connect the dots of hmm. why what, what we're singing corresponds to something in their life. So you kind of have to link that for them in language that they can understand. And it's really hard because worship songs are written in a spiritual sense. So spirituality is abstract as it is. And so many worship songs are like so much imagery and, you know, a middle school student will take everything concrete everything that you say. So like, like a tidal wave, they're picturing an ocean for real, like not what that has to do with, you know, God's presence. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what, what can we do then as, as worship leaders, what can we do to help them understand some of that, whether we're talking about high schoolers, whether we're talking about middle schoolers, if there is some of that language, I see what you're saying, like with, hey, with middle schoolers, let's let's try to find some some songs with lyrics that are a little bit easier for them to understand, more concrete. But if we're using some of that that language, how how can we set them up to understand this from the stage as worship leaders? Uh, one of the things that you know, Tyler and I were able to serve not only here at Orange together, but we also served at a church up in Maryland together. Um, it's and Maryland things, for all you normal people. But it sounds more like Disneyland I was when you say it that way. Um, it's nothing like Disney World. But something. <laughs> it's great. But. but something we always talked about was um, the importance of teaching students what lyrics meant before hmm. you moved into the song. Like even if it's just the chorus. Like, hey, in this song, um, these are the lyrics of the this song and this is what that actually means and I think that that sets the, the students up to connect with at least the chorus right <laughs> especially yeah. if it's the first time they heard the song yeah yeah and I think that's a great point because you're kind of talking about teaching and it goes beyond just teaching but you're building culture in those early years, they probably don't understand what a worship culture is. So by teaching them what the songs are, the language we're using, why we're using it, you're actually building culture 
as you play these songs, which is yeah. super important in those early years. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's, that's worked really well for us, um, that I think that I don't even know that I, as the quote unquote leader realized initially, um, but the further we got into it, we realized we needed to take advantage of the opportunities to tie lyrics and songs to um, particular vulnerable moments, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So for us, you know, we would, uh, in our environment, we're able to do baptisms within our environment. And uh, we don't do them all the time, but uh, every few weeks we'll do that. And we'll show a video that shares a student's story just before they're baptized. And so what we try to coach our worship leaders on a lot of the time is, hey, as you're watching through this video in preparation throughout the week, um, I want you to be thinking through how you're going to set up the next song that we're going to do following this baptism. And so um, we've got one girl who just is incredible, and she was able to take uh, a particular song. I'm trying to remember which song it was and which lyrics it was, but basically based off of something that the student said in their their video, uh, Mm -hmm. she then took something from that and said, hey, you know, it's interesting that this student said this just before she was baptized. And you have on display for you this life change that's happened, this thing that's happened in her life where now she's able to profess before everyone, all of her friends, all of her family, hey, this is the change that's happened in me and it's because of this. And it just so happens that the lyrics were very similar to what she had communicated in her video. So Mm. now students are taking this and they're saying, oh, these are words that I've sung for years, maybe some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now maybe for some students, that's the first time that they're able to make the connection. Oh, when I say I didn't earn it, I don't deserve it. That's what that means. Cause I just saw it in front of my eyes, yeah. you know, Absolutely. which has been really, really powerful. So we've started to look for more um, times, more opportunities to be able to highlight those kinds of things. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So let's, let's take one step back. So we have a vast audience that, that hangs out with us each week and listens ranging from church leaders who have ministries where they've got huge bands that are coming in, they've got lights, and that's just kind of a normal part. They've got worship scheduled in. It's a huge part of what they do on a weekly basis. And we've got churches that that's just, whether that's because of space or whether that's because of not having the the, the right people with the right gifts or not having equipment, whatever it is, that a time of worship just isn't built into their kind of youth ministry, their student ministry time together. So what would what would be one of the things that you guys would say that hey this is this is one of the things that when we allow worship to be a part of our student ministry experience these are some of the benefits of that this is this is some of the ways even if you can't do it every week these are some of the ways that we would say hey if you think about trying to do it once a month this would be some of the benefits of that yeah gosh I, you know <laughs> one thing that we've said a lot is um, and this is a very simple phrase. Um, but it's the songs we sing affect the lives we live. Hmm. And I think that when we sit through that lens of we're singing a song, there are words that are on a page or that are attached to this melodic thing. If you think about music as a whole, music is very emotional. Mm. Um, it, it's very uh, um, flowy. Flowy is not the word, but flowy. Uh, it's dynamic. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so when you think about music and you think about a worship experience from the standpoint of music, um, I think that the, the benefit that you're going to get from that is that um, the, the, the facts and the truth that we present, uh, those are great. Mm. And that's something that you have to have, obviously. I mean, everything that we do is based on the truth, but when you can tie that to something that can be a very emotional experience, whether it's a worship song or not, songs are, 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 are emotional either way, but when you can tie something that's an emotional experience to that, it creates a moment that I think is, is something that allows them to, to kind of move from this idea of, um, you know, maybe I'm a consumer to now I'm a participant yeah. in what you're doing. Absolutely. And so there's research that even says that like 
parts of the brain involving memory are activated when listening to music. Wow. So as a way to like remember God's truth, like th- there's no better way than, hmm. you know, when a song gets stuck in your head, yeah. like th- that's the greatest way to remember God's truth. If you can remember that lyric or that phrase, um, that's powerful in your daily life because that then it's not just something that happens on Sunday. It's, it's something that you carry with you throughout the week where it's just this piece that you can kind of hold on to. Yeah. Uh, And it's the reason that I can remember all the words to a Reliant K song in eighth grade. (laughs) It just, (laughs) it just sticks with you, you know? I love it. And I think music is such a huge part of student culture, youth Mm. culture right now. And I think that they gravitate towards it regardless if they have musical abilities or not. And I think that you know, the more that they can see that God can infiltrate any part of culture, I think maybe they would be more open to hearing the truth of Jesus. And I was also thinking just, um, I remember when I was a teenager, I had always heard about God, but I, I didn't know there was a difference between knowing about God and knowing God, you know? And I remember I went to the summer camp and it was actually during worship and it wasn't about necessarily the words that I was singing. It was about watching other people worship. Mm. Like that was so impactful to me as a teenager because I had never seen people my age in love with Jesus before. Mm-hmm. Like I just had never seen it. And it was really powerful to me. I'm like, well, what am I missing? Like, right. I don't feel that. I don't even know what that is, you know? And and it was very influential on me. And I think especially in middle school when they're so awkward as it is and, you know, anyone that's listening at Leeds Middle School knows like the students stand like four feet apart from each other throughout the room. Like they're, they're stiff and awkward and also stand far apart from each other. (laughs) And students watching their leaders connecting with God through music, I think can be very impactful for a student to kind of explore that experience for themselves. Well, was it uh, Donald Miller that said that sometimes you can't love something until you've seen somebody else love that? And Mm. so, I mean, that absolutely happens in worship where that was one of the things that we always beat the drum with with our adults. Hey, don't stand in the back during worship. We want you sitting or standing, you know, with with your students because mm-hmm. we want you to model what it looks like mm-hmm. to do this so that they'll then have an understanding of of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the ways we used to talk about this is uh, the idea of faith language is that, you know, for the, the last church that I was at, you know, we, we always encourage students to attend, again, what I call big church because I'm a church kid. We wanted them to attend big church. We wanted them to learn to, to worship, to be a part of their extended family. But the songs that were being sung weren't necessarily their, their faith language. And so for us, one of the values of doing worship together as, as a student ministry was, hey, we wanted to do some songs that we feel like that they're going to connect with on a different level mm-hmm. emotionally, that they're yeah. going to have a better understanding of, you know, like what you're saying, Tyler, of, of some of the language that it fits better for the phase they're in, that they're going to be able to, you know, to, to be led by some of that maybe a little bit better because it's more intentionally for them than some of these other settings, which can still be helpful settings for them in a, in a, in a sense of worship, but isn't necessarily as easy for them to connect with. Yeah. I have thought. I'm not sure how connected it is, <clears throat> so we'll see. Uh, but no, it, it's it's cool when you mention and I, and maybe you can clarify for me. You were talking about um, when you see the adults engaged. Were you talking about uh, you know the student ministry versus an adult ministry where it's not necessarily geared toward 
the students in particular? Yeah, I was th- I was talking yeah. leaders in okay. the student okay. environment. Yep. Yep. Like okay. setting that example, showing them yeah. this is what it this is what it can look like. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we lean into all the time. Um, our our small group leaders are our rock stars. Yeah. You know, I, I know we a few weeks ago talked about this whole rock star mentality of, you know, that the student leader, the the student pastor is not the rock star. I 100% would say uh, our small group leaders are the rock stars. Mm. They're the ones who are in the trenches. They're the ones who are having the conversations, who are experiencing the late night text messages, and so because they have that kind of connection with the students. Um, when the student sees that adult, just like you said, uh, when they see that adult going for it, you know, and it doesn't always look like, you know, both hands raised, fully extended, you know, with, with the braces and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily look like that, but it's just, there's an authenticity. And I know from a high school standpoint, um, you know, we talked about language earlier, uh, high schoolers want authentic. Yeah. They want something mm-hmm. that's real. And I think when, when they see an adult, who's presenting something that is real in their expression and in their worship, uh, they automatically want to follow suit. Yep. Yep. You know? Absolutely. I think it's also important because there are students in every student ministry who are gifted musically. And I think that if you never see it, it's hard to imagine you'll ever be it, if that makes sense. You know, like if it's never part of your youth ministry, why would they even dream Mm. of being able to use their music, musical passions in the church? Of course, they're going to go somewhere else to use them, right? So I think that's why it's important. So Ash, are you saying that you think that 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 students should be invited to always be a part of the the student worship kind of that's happening in youth ministries? Well, this is just my humble opinion, but yes, a hundred percent. I am in full favor of students being on the stage with adults if yeah. they have to be, or if it's all students, that's awesome. I know that sometimes you lose quality of music, but I think they're, when a teenager stands on a stage in front of their peers, the peer, the students are more likely to pay attention to them anyways mm. and engage with them. And also for those students who, who feel like called to lead in worship ministry, I think that there is no better training ground yeah. than doing yeah. it with your friends, with people who are a little further along in their walk with Christ, like adult worship leaders. And I think that um, when they get to experience it, that's when they'll fall in love with it. It's yeah. not necessarily just listening to it. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say I would agree with that almost 100%. I think uh, absolutely I'm full support, in full support of uh, of students being a part of that, I think that you have to have the right student. Um, yes. Obviously, <laughs> um, you know, obviously, you're not going to let you know just any any guy you know who's like, hey, I can play the guitar and I can sing too. Can I play next week? You know, yeah, sure, Johnny, get it. You know, so I, I think yeah. that, that there's a level of um, uh, of, of almost vetting. But mm-hmm. I think, and it's not just a matter of tryouts. It's not just a matter sure. of, oh, do you have the musical talent? Uh, I think that there, you do have some students who are very much uh, seeking the stage. Yeah. And, and when, when you have that, um, we as leaders have to be really good about sniffing that out mm-hmm. and then helping guide them in the right direction so that the reasons that they're wanting to be on the stage are the right reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as long as you're able to figure that out, as long as you're able to do that with the right student, then 100%, um, they're going to be a type of person that can lead by example mm-hmm. so that other students can see that and you never know what you might awaken in another student. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and in, in your ministry with your worship leaders too, that should be an exciting opportunity too, to be able to come alongside those students and engage them in a way that they're, they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if music is their skill, they're going to want to run with it. And what a cool way to like run alongside them in teaching them, not just how to play music, but sort of how to live alongside of that. Like that was something I got when I was just starting out where people came alongside of me and taught me not just how to be a better vocalist, but how to live a life that 
I could be confident in how I live, not just on the stage, but off the stage. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity in that too. Yeah. And for some youth ministries, that's probably the best chance you have to have some sort of worship in your in your ministry is sure. that you find you find some people that can be invested in that you can give an opportunity to to lead and then watch them hopefully grow and, and blossom and and see more people get interested. Like, oh, yeah. well, if he can do that, I can I can get involved in that. Or if she can sing, then you know, can I sing too? And right. there's just almost that permission mm-hmm. that begins to happen, like where they have permission to to lead, to use their gifts, to step up and have opportunities. Yeah, I don't, and, and you know, and I, the part of me that I think that of that that uh, that I look at is I think maybe somebody listening to this might be thinking, well, gosh, what if I'm not a musician at all? Mm. You know, I'm a youth leader, but I'm not a musician. But I've got this guy who's mm. coming to me, or this girl who's coming to me, saying, hey. Uh, I, you know, I think I can do this. Um, but as the leader, do we feel like we have the ability to lead them? Hmm. And I think that's where it's not a matter of, of their talent either. You know, I mean, as we're coming alongside, uh, you know, worship leaders, I, you know, me as a leader who's been a worship leader, you know, Tyler, as you have been a worship leader. And um, I, I think that um, as we come alongside them, our gift does not have to be that as well. It doesn't have to right. be that we're musical. I think it is a matter of a lot of the, the off offstage stuff as well too to coach them along that it is a worship lifestyle yeah. i guess you know so if you listen a few months back to an episode that marco did with us when he talked about the the, the teenage brain he talked about this idea that the anterior cingulate in our brains allows us to understand a god who is compassionate and personal when that part of our brain is developed. And if we have a faith ruled by our amygdala, it's a fear-based faith. If it's ruled by a prefrontal cortex, it's a a logical, rational faith. But to have a a thriving, vibrant faith who knows a God who loves us and wants to be in relationship with us, then that means we have a highly developed anterior cingulate. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to. That's a lot of language. He explains it way better than that. But one of the most fascinating aspects to what he was talking about there is that one of the top ways to help develop that part of the brain that that helps us understand God as loving and compassionate is by corporately singing faith songs together. And so with that idea, not just kind of, oh yeah, but my gut just tells me worship is important or I think, but I mean, there's scientific evidence that the, when we worship together, that affects how our brain understands God. So what do you think that should mean for us in, in youth ministry world? I think we should really push to create some great worship experiences. Yeah, and I think what's notable about that is, so the worship experience in itself, like the, there's the music side of it, um, but there's also the fact that we're spending 15 minutes giving dedicated attention to something. And I think that's what's, what's so powerful about it, is that we're choosing to take that time and to look at God in his nature and his qualities and really nothing else. And I think that's so contrary to what we do on a daily basis, where what we see on a daily basis might be anxiety, loss, disappointment. Mm -hmm. So those moments where we can take that time and we can choose to look at God in his qualities Mm -hmm. is a powerful, powerful experience because it's choosing to look at God in his nature rather than the things we're used to and consumed with every day. So we can literally, by shifting our attention, we can also turn our hearts as well. And over time, like I think that changes us. Hmm. I think also, um, like looking into that research further, it talks about it being a daily practice. Hmm. And I think for youth workers listening, um, as important as that 15 minutes of worship is in your programming, maybe what's more important is, is teaching students like on a daily basis, like what does prayer and meditation look like and what does engaging in faith song look like so that you really can develop that part of your brain. 
Absolutely. Okay, so the title for this episode is, is Setting Up Worship to Win in Our Student Ministry. So we've got a lot of experience around the table, either, whether in leading worship or being led by worship, maybe. <laughs> so what are, what are some of the pro tips that you would say, like, okay, here are some of the things that even on a very practical level could help us create meaningful experiences when it comes to worship in our student ministry? Ask students which songs they want to sing. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I, I mean, going off that, I think that's, that's huge because we have to recognize if, if we're ministry leaders and we're worship leaders, we're probably a little bit older than these students, mm-hmm. which means that you naturally have a preference towards a, a specific type of music. Um, and so some of the best worship leaders I, I led with were the ones that would say, I don't like this song. <laughs> but the kids do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as long as like, as long as the lyrics are straight, like everything's good. We've like, all been there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the moments where it's just like, oh, I've sang this song like 200 times, <laughs> but the students love it. So we're going to give it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Get that. And I think that's, I think that's a win. If you're singing something that, that you don't like, it probably means somebody else does. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't like music, but I, I think that's great. Listen to your students. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think even uh, to build on that, I think we have an opportunity now I mean, if you look at social media, hmm. we have the ability to reach students even throughout the week. So yeah, conversations are great. Um, but if you catch them where they are and you're spending time where they are too, that's a great platform to be able to use to say, Hey, uh, you know, what's a song you'd like to sing this year? Maybe give like yeah. two different songs, you know, do you want to hear this song A or song B Yeah, and have them vote on it and comment on it, you know? And so then you're, you're actually increasing your, your social media following, which is going to give you more influence when they're not in your building. Yeah. Uh, but then also gives them a voice. Um, a guy who I, I work with now, who's a student pastor at one of our other churches, is uh, really great at this. They call it the People's Choice, hmm. uh, and uh, they do a really good job of that of just sending this thing out, and people respond. And he said that their attendance has even been higher hmm. because students are coming wanting to know which one won. Yeah. You know, did, did the one that I voted for did that? Did, are we going to sing that song? You know, yeah. and then they're excited when it happens. You know, so I think that's just another way to extend that idea of asking them, you know, what they want to hear, awesome, what they want to sing. I think one more thing that um, as worship leaders and ministry leaders, we might not pay as much attention to is transitions. Um, I think that's one of those 1% changes that we can make that Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. So part of your job uh, as a worship leader is to help eliminate distractions. Um, So what you can do is pay attention to the moments between when worship starts, between songs, and when worship ends. Yeah. Because if you can get to the point where it, it flows seamlessly, what you're doing is eliminating distractions so they're more free to focus on worship and on a, a, a big God. Um, yeah. The teams I've served on have always pursued excellence in music, uh, not because we we're trying to reach this standard, but because the more excellent that we can be with the worship, um, the less distraction a student is going to have in that worship set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the problem with bad notes isn't that you played a bad note. It's that students automatically go, whoa, yep. bad note. It takes, you out of the, <laughs> it takes you out of the moment. So, so the better you can get at creating a seamless experience, the more comfortable your students are and the better they'll be able to engage in worship. Yeah. yeah and, 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 for most of us that are listening, we're probably not the ones that are leading worship. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, the whole rock star thing. Hopefully you're not the one that's hopping up there, that's hosting, leading the game, leading worship, and then going into the teaching. Let me just say, I have done that before. 
not on purpose. It was because I made a mistake and didn't book somebody that I should have booked. Uh, and that is exhausting. It is. And it's, <laughs> so, and it's, not, the, it's not long. Just like change you hats. Long term. Yeah. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just, it's not, it's not fun. Don't do it. Yeah. So hopefully there's, there's probably somebody that you have in mind. Maybe it's an intern. Maybe it's a, you know, an, an adult that's helping you with the worship stuff. Maybe it's some students and maybe this is something, you know, one of the podcasts that you share with them and that can spark some conversations that you need to have. But the way that I categorize a lot of times that worship is led in student ministry is they tend to be either uh, playlist worship or preaching worship, where on the playlist side of worship, it's like there's a song, the song's over, everything stops, people change the capos, people adjust the microphones, there's kind of an awkward 10 seconds, and then it's like you hit play on the next song, and then you start playing the next song. It's like it's just like a playlist. And then the other side is like the preaching side, where sometimes you've got somebody who's a little bit more comfortable on stage, and then the transition between songs lasts two to three minutes when right. <laughs> you needed it to last about 15 to 20 seconds. And it's that person's opportunity to kind of share what, you know, for them, it's their opportunity to share what, what God's doing in my life, what's going on in my heart, what I feel like I want them to hear from this song. Those are all great things. But when we get better at those transitions and what they look like, it just helps to build that momentum the whole time and to keep that seamless experience like you're talking about, Tyler. And it doesn't leave those opportunities for people to go like, okay, this song's over. Okay, it's quiet. This is weird. I'm going to pull my phone out and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. look at my phone and now oh, I'm yeah. disengaged. Or or they're looking at their friends like, how long is this person going to talk? Like, what's yeah. are we going to sing the next song? And once again, they're here? disengaged. Yeah. 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 And so I think I think that's I think that's a huge lens that I always try to look through our worship experience with. What possible things are happening right now that could help students disengage? So being intentional about like double and triple checking the grammar and the spelling for the slides that have lyrics on them. Yes, that's please. that's a huge thing. Like, let's be consistent about: Are we capitalizing things? Or are we not? Are we putting periods at the end of things? Or are we not? Are we going left justified or center justified? Are we like, using Times New Roman? Or are we using something that's way cooler? Papyrus. <laughs> Papyrus. Papyrus. Oh no, Avatar. Um, but yeah, just being whether it's that or or lighting. Your house lights should probably not be on in the whole room if it's possible. For some of you, you've got a space and it just is what it is. You've, yeah. you've got it. You've got it. You know, you, there's nothing you can do. And for some of you, you, there are some tweaks that you can make to, to create better transitions, to help them stay more engaged. That's, to be honest, too often we're kind of running around trying to do so many different things that we don't really even recognize what what some of those what some of those pieces might be. Having somebody who knows what they're doing with the soundboard mm-hmm. be in charge, where there's like a decent level of a decent mix of what's going on, and it's if it's too quiet, nobody's going to sing. If it's too loud, nothing's going to sound right because it's weird. So you've got to find somebody who has the talent and the understanding to find in your room, in your space, with whatever instruments and vocals are being played. What's the sweet spot of this mix that is going to create the best opportunity for them to kind of enter in and engage in what we're trying to do? Yeah. Your job is to, to point to Jesus. And yeah. you can do that so many different ways, like your, the, the things you say, the transitions. But it's, it's also in those details where we can better point to Jesus when we turn the volume down on other things, too, mm, where, where students can, can zone in on, on the lyrics and the message to a song. You know, that, like that's our win if we can do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, you, what you mentioned there too, I think lends toward uh, another. That's a much bigger idea, um, and by bigger, I mean you would have to dive way into it. It'd probably be a whole other <laughs> podcast. Uh, but this idea of having everyone who's involved bought in, hmm. 
Um, when you talk about having somebody who's running sound, who knows what they're doing, um, this isn't just about uh, the student pastor being bought in and maybe the worship leader being bought in and then just finding whoever else can be involved just because they're warm bodies who are filling the seats. And, you know, and, and depending on the size of your ministry, you know, some of you have cameras that you're running and lights and all that kind of stuff. And others of you just have a couple of people, regardless of where you are. I think it's important to have everybody on the same page looking toward this unified front of pointing students to Jesus. Mm. And I think when you can get that, and that takes a while to build, build. Mm. Um, but when you can move in that direction, uh, I heard somebody recently explain this from a team standpoint, if everybody's on the same side of the rope pulling in one direction, everybody's bought in, everybody is, you know, you don't have people who are just, uh, you know, serving food outside, but they're, yeah. they're building uh, an environment where students can have conversations, yep. you know? Mm. So now suddenly this has way more meaning. But that's part of the vision. That's part of part of all that. But it, it goes back to the intentionality and, you know, paying attention to the little details like that. Yeah, so good. And for any youth workers listening who are maybe not as passionate about music as everyone sitting at this table, um, <laughs> I bet there's somebody in your church who is. Yeah. And seek them out and ask them to help you. And they'll. I know that, like... It takes a lot of work to build a, a music ministry in your church or it, even a culture of music. And I think that if you find somebody who's passionate about it where you don't have to generate energy around it and they can help lead all of those details and help yeah. you build it, um, you'll find yourself able to engage in a different way. For example, I'm personally, as, as much as I wish I was musically talented, I'm really not musically talented. I just really love music. Um, but what I found I was able to add was things like when they're students on stage, the worship leader can't necessarily see them. So mm. what I could do from the back of the room was tell the worship leader afterwards, hey, when you're talking, the kids should on stage should probably look at you, not mm. make faces at their friends in the room. <laughs> you know, like like you can help coach. Yeah. It has nothing to do with music. It has everything to do with like environment and culture. And, yeah. and you might even be able to help that worship leader understand that like, hey, I think like maybe the students aren't connecting with you because you're hiding behind your guitar yeah. or your eyes are closed the whole time or you're staring at the confidence screen in the back of the room. You know these lyrics. Yeah. You're just doing that out of habit. Like look in their eyes. Like engage them with who you are. And I think that even if you're not musically talented, you have so much you can offer in this area that has nothing to do with music. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked a lot about confidence monitors, soundboards, different things like that, that, you know, for some of you that might be at larger churches or have larger student ministries, you're thinking like, yep, I, I'm following. But let's put ourselves in the shoes of, all right, it's a youth ministry. I've got a room in the corner of, of the church, and we don't have a soundboard. We have lights that do two things. They turn on and they turn off. <laughs> and yes. I, don't have a, I don't have, I don't have and a And some stage. of them, you can't even turn them off. They go off automatically. <laughs> So what what can what can worship what can introducing this idea of worship for these youth pastors what what can that look like what are some ideas we can give them Yeah um, I, I have 100% been there. Um, uh, the, the ministry that uh, I'm a part of now, um, we do have a lot of the, the flashy things, if you will. Yeah. Um, but to be on both sides of it, it's really cool to see how in a situation, you know, uh, years and years ago, when I first got my start 15, 20 years ago, uh, we met in a trailer. Hmm. So it wasn't even attached to the building. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we did. We had the light that would flip on, the fluorescent lights, and then you would flip them off. And we didn't turn them off. But I just said flip them off. I can't yeah. Yeah, we, we, wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, we would not flip them off. Um, 
we would not turn the lights off because then the room would be completely dark. And then, of course, with high schoolers, that's just a completely <laughs> different problem. So, uh, no, but it was cool to see in, in that situation and in other situations how you can have equally powerful worship experiences whether you have lights and incredible big sound equipment or if you have a guy or a girl with a guitar and no microphone mm. and just an intimate setting. Um, I've been in some settings just within the past year where it was me and a guitar and we set up some Christmas lights mm-hmm. in a tent. And it was one of the most powerful times yeah. uh, that we've ever been able to have just because it was, it was, just, it was, just, it was chill and it was good and the, the songs were what rose to, yeah. uh, I guess, the center of the experience. It wasn't about all of the other things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of it's just getting creative yeah. with the space that you have. Yeah, I was going to say, cre- creativity is so is so much of that. Yes, you've got to find someone that can play guitar. Right. You've got to find someone that, that can sing. Yep. But hang on, some string lights, some Christmas lights. There, there are some different things. It just comes down to, okay, do, do we want this to be a value? And how creative can we get with this? Yeah, and I was going to say, too, like, if you are that that ministry leader who maybe just has, um, you know, a worship guy that, or girl that that's got a guitar and shows up. Um, I, I would also say technology is your friend and we've got it. We're in a really cool place where there are apps that you can, if you've got a soundboard and an iPad, there are apps that can give you like a full band sound that are, that are pretty cheap, um, to use. So like lean into that. Um, yeah. I just remember playing playing keys with a drummer, which is just a weird, weird <laughs> sound. Um, but like you can avoid that altogether if you can run tracks or something like that. Yeah. Um, just it's a cool opportunity to have that. So just take advantage of it. Yeah. I think one of the things I've learned in traveling to different countries, especially um, when they don't have access to technology and they don't have any musical instruments. Um, I think I've been wowed at the fact that when you have two or three people who are willing to sing their face off, you don't need a musical instrument. Mm, yeah, that's true. Like, you you just need two or three people who are willing to fully engage with that song and not hold back, and it gives everyone else in the room permission to do the same. Mm. So... For me, interns, like if, if, you've not, if you've not tried to reach out to some colleges in your area to try to find somebody that you can come in and do for, you know, hey, could you do this for free? Will you, will you give a couple hours on Wednesdays to come in and just help this work for us, to, yeah. to lead these songs, to do these things? If you haven't looked into that, I think that that could be the solution or a big part of the solution for, uh, for a lot of ministries. I know that that worked for me in, in, in multiple settings. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're looking for... Ripped skinny jeans. Yeah, that's, yes. that's what I you was look. hoping that was going to come up in this conversation. Like, where do you go for the like worship leader uniform? There's like, a special. Am- where do you look to uniform. see the update? There's a special. There's a special Amazon link that only worship leaders get. Is that on the worship leader guide? Type? It's, a, it's like an Amazon worship hilarious. leader wish list. That would be. We should do that. We should put a link to a suggested worship leader. My my H and M shopping bag. <laughs> Here are examples of songs to play. Here are examples of what to wear. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so as we wrap up this conversation, any, any last thoughts? I mean, I, I think we always have to take it back to this, but remember, it's your relationship with Jesus that's most important, and then second, your relationship with students. So mm-hmm. you will fail as a worship leader if, if you are not living a life that also points to Jesus. And the way you interact with those students off the stage really, really matters because they're going to see through whatever you've got going on. We talked about a lot of practical ways like lights, tracks, yeah. uh, you know, guitar, whatever it is. Um, but at the end of the day, who you are on and off the stage 
matters. So, mm. so invest in that the most. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I would, I would add to that. Um, <clears throat> and we mentioned this earlier, but I think a lot of the, the worship experience I think is, is to take them on a journey. Hmm. And so that requires the intentionality. It requires people being bought in. It requires uh, you being who you are, who you say you are on and off the field, on and off the stage, you know, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. You've got to make sure that everything that you're doing is with the intentionality and the attention to detail um, so that you eliminate distractions. Uh, but it is taking them on a journey. I think tying things together from from the welcome to, to the very last note that's played or when you yeah. say amen and people get up and go wherever they're going to go afterwards, um, you have to think the whole experience. It's not just about the songs. It's a whole experience. I think lastly, I would say just remember who you're leading. I mean, high school students, middle school students, like learn the developmental differences between middle and high school students. And that's naturally going to sway the way that you lead them. And I think that that is going to be what really helps in the connection with those students. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we'd all agree that, that worship can play a huge role in, in our student ministries. Because the reality is that worship plays a huge role in our faith formation and, and, and our spiritual lives. And as middle schoolers and high schoolers, I know I can point back, when I look back at my faith, a lot of those main times that I remember as a middle schooler and high schooler, there's usually music involved. Because Trey, right. like you said earlier, there, there's just that, there's that dynamic emotional yeah. Power that can happen sometimes when you're with a group of people and you're all of, of you know, of, of one mind and you're all, you know, singing together. There, there's something powerful that happens there. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always have to happen in a big group. I can think of small times that happened in, you know, a small youth room or something with, with a handful of people. It's not always some big thing. And so the idea that, that worship matters, but if we're intentional, we can help it matter more, yeah. I think is, is kind of what I'm hearing from, from a lot of this, whether it's some of the resources that we use or getting a little more intentional about transitions, different pieces like that. So uh, hopefully this is a helpful piece of what we've been talking about. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today and joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. We would love to get some feedback from you all. You can follow us on facebook.com slash xp3students, Twitter and Instagram at xp3students. So you can find us at rethinkingym.org. Hit us up. Let us know what we're doing well, what you'd love to hear us talk through. And if you'd enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast, however you listen to podcasts. And again, maybe share this with somebody that you're involved with in leading worship in some capacity, or maybe someone, this is the way that you start the conversation with someone and saying, hey, we're not doing anything with worship right now in youth ministry. I listen to this podcast. It's really sparking me to get more intentional about it. Would you take a listen? Can we talk about what this could look like. And we talked about a little bit ago, Tyler talked about the the worship leader guide that we help do in all of our XP3 series. We're going to put one of those in the show notes from one of the series just to give you an idea of, of what that looks like and the kind of intentionality that goes into that in case that helps spark some ideas of what that could look like for you. I think we also should in the show notes, put a link to like Tyler's choice of worship leader outfit, Trey's choice of worship leader <laughs> outfit, just so that the the listeners can get to know them better. Okay, absolutely. So that's listeners a, that's will a just great have, idea. They'll just have to go there and see if that happens. <laughs> mine, mine will be pricey. Now they're all. <laughs> So on that note, we'd love for you to visit RethinkingYM.org to see if that happens and how expensive <laughs> Tyler's worship leader Tyler's outfit is and how many, how many, how wide the knees are in the hole of right, right. the jeans. So on that note, until next time, thanks for hanging out with us and thanks for listening. <laughs>